Hey, everybody, this is Marcia Reiner, uh, host of Profit with a Plan podcast. And I've got a question for you. Are you looking to really engage with your customers on a level that they've never really experienced and want them to continue to come back? For, for more every time? Well, you're in the right place. I have Chris Hood with me today on Profit with a Plan podcast. Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us business owners, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. And you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner, known as the Profit Booster, and I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for a future exit. Because building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I want to share strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something really special for you, my podcast audience. If you want to supercharge your business, avoid profit plateaus, operational headaches, and growth roadblocks, well, I've created a brand new Profit Booster playbook just for you. You'll uncover five essential strategies and quick ways to take action on them. Now, this is not just a simple single-page report. This is a 25-page profitable novella with impactful strategies, actionable steps, and expert guidance to help you elevate your profits painlessly. All right, that's a mouthful, huh? Make 2024 your best year ever. Go download this free playbook at boostingprofits.com. All right, my guest today is Chris Hood. He is a keynote speaker, strategist, and thought leader in the customer-centric cultures, artificial intelligence, and innovation. He boasts over three decades of experience in business development. The author of The Customer Transformation, Chris provides a roadmap to customer alignment and business value, articulating a transformative seven-stage sage get my mouth worth, seven-stage strategy. As the founder and CEO of Sensible AI, Chris spends his time helping businesses leverage AI and reach 10x thinking. Former roles include Google's digital business strategy, crafting transformation programs at Fortune 500 companies, and developing storytelling techniques at Fox Broadcasting and Disney for popular shows like Glee, American Idol, 24, and Gotham. Currently, Chris shares insights on his uh, fellow podcast, um, The Chris Hood Digital Show, and Customer Transformation Live, helping businesses worldwide accelerate their digital potential and align with customers. As the co-founder of Blind Squirrel Games, his influence stretches across multiple industries. Beyond consulting, Chris imparts his knowledge to the Southern New Hampshire University students, bringing the gap between business and technology. Wow, Chris, you are well-rounded, and we're just so excited to have you on Profit with a Plan today. I am excited to be here as well. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. Okay, so question for you. You know, you've got like so many different things going on, your, your AI, your, your storytelling, your uh, working with with major you know broadcasting companies, 
How did you find this place? Did it just fall into your lap or did you come out of the womb thinking this is what you were going to do? Yeah, believe it or not, I just shared this story with somebody else uh, before we got on today. And it started all the way back when I was in high school and I started getting the age old question, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? When you grow up. <laughs> yeah, well, what are you going to do when you grow up? And I was presented with two options, really. I mean, obviously there was a lot of options, but at the time I really enjoyed playing with computers, but in the eighties, computers were looked at as a hobby. And then my first real full-time job was working at a local movie theater. So the two options were go into computers or go become like a movie director. And I thought, well, what is the most stable career for the rest of my life? Definitely going into the movies. <laughs> Which maybe I didn't make the right decision. However, mm -hmm. you know, 18, 19 years old, I figured that's probably the best place for me to be. But what was really interesting was as I began to grow throughout my professional career, there was a clear need to bridge the gap between the creative and the technical or the business and the technology teams that a lot of organizations often struggle with. And how do we translate technology terms into business requirements? And how do we leverage the technology that we need to operate today and grow business? And so mm. I really began to fit into this wonderful place between that business and technology team so that we could help organizations grow, thrive, better leverage the technology and then translate that ultimately into customer satisfaction and customer success. Wow. Wow. Well, I think it's it's it sounds like a perfect cocktail of mixing the things that we're all in because you know, I mean, every listener sitting on his edge every time someone says AI, right? And and jumps in, chases after those kind of things. But I know that there's so much more that technology can do to help us understand our customers better and be able to develop deeper relationships with them in a way that they'll want to stay sticky to us, right? Yeah. And what's really interesting is we as business leaders often will gravitate towards that shiny object, whatever that newest technology is. Look, AI is nothing different than if we go back to, oh, I need a website. Oh, there's an app for that. Oh, I have to get AI. And I ask a very simple question with anybody that I talk to, why? Why do you need it? AI is a great example of this because I think there's tons of CEOs, tons of entrepreneurs all sitting around thinking, I've got to get on board with AI. I have to use AI. But the question still boils down to why? Simple question expanded is, do your customers even want it? Do your customers even care? Do they? We have all been using AI for decades now. And we may not even, every time you go through the line of Starbucks, you've used AI, whether you realize it or not. And so you have to start to not just recognize that there's new technology out there, but recognize that that technology is going to impact your consumers. And you've got to understand how your consumers want to engage with you through that technology to be more successful with it. Nice. 
Well, I love the focus that that you know technology is so exciting and and on the edge and everything going on, but it all really boils down to the things that you really need that that you're in business for, right? To acquire a customer and to produce a profit. So if AI can help you with that, then that's great. But I think the end result is how do you produce a customer and or or gain a customer and produce a profit? Absolutely. And it it goes full circle because without the customer, you don't have a business. You know, exactly. Well, well, look, there's a lot of businesses out there without customers because they're trying to grow, they're trying to create a business. But that's the starting point. You 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 nailed it. And so we go back through all of these technologies. Yes, we can leverage technology to help us grow our business, find the right customer, meet their needs, deliver on the problems that they have, while at the same time, you have to begin thinking about how that technology is going to be used by the customer. It's a two-way street, how you're going to use it, how they're going to use it. And if they do not marry, if they do not marry well, <laughs> then there's going to be a problem. And ultimately, you're going to lose those customers. So you've got to think about it beyond just, hey, there's this tool and it's going to help me get new customers. Well, not if you don't have a good product, not if you Ah. don't have a good service. So the technology is a tool, but you still have to be able to fulfill what their needs and aspirations are and and what problems you're trying to solve. Okay, well, great point. And I mean, really great point. So say you've got an established business and you've already got the customer base going, you know that, you know, um, uh, what you do is providing a need and you've got customers raising their hand saying, I want, I want that. How do you then improve that using AI? Well, I would say that you really can't. Mm. <laughs> uh, Good point. But- I mean, there's obviously ways. Oh, sure, there's going to be people out there who are, you know, pulling their hair out. Like, yeah, well, of course you can. So you've got to understand what is AI actually doing and what is it not doing, right? It's not going to solve everything. AI cannot have customer empathy. That's you. You are going to have to understand and be able to connect with your consumers. You can't just expect the AI to do that. A lot of people are opting for AI to help with support tickets, having bots. All that's doing, and we see it in the research, is it's frustrating the consumers. Mm. They are leaving your business because you are handing them off to a robot as opposed to handling the issue by yourself. You are the owner of the business. You are the CEO. It's your responsibility to make sure that that customer is happy. The, the computers and the technology are not going to be able to do it. But now on the flip side, AI can give you the research, the information, the ideas. You can log into ChatGPT and say, provide me with a 10-week strategy for growing my business. Now provide a couple of other things, like what type of business, who are your customers, what are you hoping, you know, what are your goals? You can provide that information and it's going to provide you with a 10-week strategy. But Love warning here. I'm out of here. business. I'm out of business. Wait a minute. No, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but warning here, right? <clears throat> All this is really doing is compiling the information that is already out there. Mm-hmm. There is no difference between ChatGPT and Google Search 
except for it's compiling it for you, right? I, I go out to chat. I go out to Google search and I say 10 week strategy for growing my business. I'm going to get a whole bunch of websites. I'm going to have to go through all of those websites. I'm going to have to compile all that information. And then I'm going to have to strategically think what are the best options. That's what ChatGBT is doing. And you're still going to have to validate if that makes sense for you. So all AI is really doing for us today is automating, streamlining, providing some additional ideas, content, but it's not really going to help you grow your business. Only you, a human being who can connect with other human beings can help you grow your business. Love it. All right, so let's go down that path. Now that we've kicked AI to the curb, kind of, and we know that it's there to support us and speed up automation and processes that we have. But like you said, the real connection, the real way to develop customers and to keep customers is to engage human to human. And I love that. So how do we do that better? I guess would be an easier question. Well, it's it's a cliche comment, but be in somebody else's shoes, right? That's empathy, the basic concept. Walk a mile in somebody else's shoes so that you can understand what their challenges, needs, aspirations, problems are. Here's another way you can look at it, and it goes back to the AI. Do you have a robot that's going out and shopping for you and interacting with another robot? Do we have robot-to-robot -robot business happening today? Yes. We do? What? What are we doing? Well, I think it? so. I mean, if you're thinking about it, if you're talking about um, any kind of automation that will go in, they're maybe not doing, they're not going out and buying my clothes, but I can go in and 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 tell the the Google app that I want, you know, um, this box of groceries delivered and the box of groceries talks to the other box, uh, to the, you know, I mean, I think there's portions of it, not end user to end user completely done without so input from a human. So we have an interface. So there's a person on one side, interfaces with a robot that interfaces with the business that has a robot that then hands it off to another human. All we have are interfaces that are between the humans that makes sense. acting as a middleman. But but I don't have a personal robot that's standing here that has commands to say, hey, go off shopping for me and is making the decisions on what groceries to buy and is then going and buying food from another robot who's saying that will be five dollars, please, right, for your milk or whatever. Like we 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 don't have robot to robot interactions happening. We have Got human it. to human that has some technology in the middle of it that's facilitating mm. that transaction. At the end of the day, it's still human to human. So when we think about the real world experiences that we all go through, you've got to put that in perspective as you are dealing with your customers. Uh, I'll give you another example of this um, or a, a couple of examples of this. If you go into a grocery store, we were just talking about, and you go to the grocery store and they say, oh, you know, we're sorry, we no longer take debit cards. We only take cash. What are you going to do? You're Panic. going to leave that grocery store and go to another grocery store that <clears throat> takes debit cards because your expectation is that when I go grocery shopping, I can use my debit card. That's Thank That's you. reality. And yet- I can go into a business today and say, when is the last time you shopped at your own company 
And most of them will say, I haven't. Never. I sat in a, a large organization. There was a hundred people in the room. And it, this was with an airline. And I asked, I said, how many people flew in today using your own airline? Now, 99 out of the 100 raised their hands. Now, that's expected because they get benefits and discounts. And there's probably an, the one person, though, I said, well, now, why didn't you use your own company's airline? You know, travel reasons, whatever the case might be. But that just shows you when, when, when you are not actually using your own products and understanding what the customer sees, you're going to have a problem. You have to see it from their perspective. That is the number one thing. If you can't do that, then you're never going to be able to, to come up with new ideas and new approaches and new ways of approving that human-to-human connection. I love it. You know, I mean, everything that keeps coming up, the 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 bad thing is always that phone tree that you get lost in forever because you just want to speak to a person. And and I think if you look at it from the customer's side of what did they, they don't care about you and your credentials and all this stuff. I mean, that's a standard piece in it. They want to know what's in it for them. And they want that experience to be about them, not about us, the, the business owners, right? Absolutely. Not about you. Here's another quick story, a very quick story from an entrepreneur. I was working with a CEO of a online e-commerce clothing dealer and they had some great products. And the CEO came to me and said, I've got a lot of people who are abandoning the shopping cart. I don't know why, but I believe it's because the checkout process is too confusing. So could you please go and update the checking, the checkout process? I think if we solve that, we'll get a lot more sales. And I asked the question, how do you know? Well, it's my opinion. And I've asked other people and they agree to me with me. So just go fix the checkout process. And I said, why don't we ask? <laughs> why don't we send out a survey? Let's try to find out exactly what it is because it might not be that. They didn't want to do the survey, but after some convincing, we got a survey out. Basic one question survey, why did you abandon your shopping cart? And the you know responses, answers were things like uh, too confusing. The checkout process was too confusing, which is what you thought it was. I couldn't find the size or you know information on the product. Uh, the cost was more than I thought it was going to be. You know the some various things like that, or some other reason. And we got a thousand, just under a thousand responses back, and out of that, seventy percent or more said it was too expensive. It was more expensive than I thought it was going to be. So I go back to the CEO. I prevent present the information. That 70% out of 1,000 people, 700 people said the product was too expensive. That's why they abandoned their cart. And the last option was it was too confusing. That was not what their concern was. CEO looked at it, said, I don't believe it. We're not going to change the prices. Go fix the checkout process. Now, this is an example of where bias comes into play about what you think the customer wants without actually understanding what the customer wants or what their need is. Unfortunately, that business went out of business a couple of months later, and it could have been saved if you would have just simply listened to your customers. Mm -hmm. Change the price, sell more items, and don't let your bias about the quality of the product or the 
or the price of the product get in the way of your judgment. You mm. have to always go back to the customer, figure out what their needs, desires, problems are, solve that first, and then maybe you get to have an opinion on it. See, that's that's fantastic. And my mind's going, well, it could have been the shipping. It could have been this. It could have been this. It could have been all these other little things, just like you thought. And and my my mind goes into, well, you know, it's not always the, you know, the the answer that they see. And that's perfect that the outcome, right, the the business owner with his arms crossed saying it's my way or the highway would end up going out of business. Because again, the ultimate goal is to acquire a customer and make a profit, right? Even if that profit's a little bit less, you can get a loyal following and then increase your prices again after that. But you got to get them in the door first. So it's crazy that um, people cannot think from the customer's side. Um you know, it, it really does make a lot of sense why businesses don't do that because they live in this little tunnel, right? Of only that they only what they know. But it is challenging to get your consumers to respond back and give you the feedback you need. Is there any kind of ways to to maybe make that a little easier? I mean, I'm not asking how do you do surveys, but I mean, beyond surveys, is the, how else can they do that to get that feedback from the customers? So let me ask you a question. Do you think in today's world that we are short of opinions? <laughs> what is it? Everybody's got uh, everybody's got opinion or elbows or whatever that, yeah. that whole story is. But yeah. yes, everybody's got opinions. The, the problem is not getting people to share their opinions about your business. The, the problem is you're not asking in most cases. It just boils down to that. I love and it. And in some cases, you don't have to ask. Go look at social media. You can go look at your reviews. You can go look on social media. You can analyze what people are thinking based on their post. You can see that information without directly asking. It doesn't mm. have to be a survey. Go do the research. Love it. And AI isn't going to help you with this either. Go do the research and figure out what people are saying about you and then leverage that. But if you give them the option to share an opinion, they're going to share it, especially if you make it worth their while. Exactly. It's about the e-commerce business. We actually gave them fill out this survey and we'll give you a 50% uh, off to come back and complete your order that you abandoned. Right. Wow. So there is some incentive there. I think anytime you incentivize that feedback, you're going to get it. New yeah. businesses are often very lucky because new businesses have closer relationships with those customers and having them a part of a community that you build will naturally allow them and grant them permission to share feedback. And if you can build those communities inside of your organization, then you're going to actively be able to get continuous feedback to help you improve your business. I love that. And it's so valuable because if you can get their opinion, they're going to feel more, more um, engaged with the company, right? Oh, I help make a decision in the company, right? By my feedback. And, you know, there's always that that story of a, a happy customer will, ten, will tell 10 people, but a, an unhappy customer will tell 25 or 40, right? 
you know, and it's like you want those people talking about you in a good way. And what better way to do it is ask them, right? And then you can deliver exactly what they want. Yep. That's it's silly why we're not doing this kind of thing and, and asking our customers what they want. But okay, so now we know what our customer wants, right? Then I think the next step is to deliver it, right? Am I being very basic here or? Sometimes it is very basic. <laughs> Go find customers, deliver what they want, <laughs> make them happy. Make you money. Know, like, <laughs> make money. <laughs> The more happy customers you have, the more money you have. I mean, that's really how it boils down to. I mean, business is fairly simple when you when you boil it down to those basic blocks. But this is not about solely delivering either. It's about the recognition that you have to continuously evolve. If it's not AI today, if it's not artificial intelligence today, it's going to be something else. If it, mm. it, will, it went from website to to a mobile app to artificial intelligence to whatever's next. The technology is always changing. What I wrote about in my book, Customer Transformation, recognizes that it's the consumer that is the one that is changing more frequently. And that because the consumer is changing more frequently, you as a business owner must understand and then be able to adapt and keep up with that ever change that is happening. And if you can't do that, then you're going to get stale. You're going to be get left behind. You're going to get disrupted by other companies and, and businesses that are fulfilling the same service or need that you are. So by continuously evolving, staying on top of what's happening, trends, what your customer wants, what those needs, expectations, aspirations are, if you can continuously do that as they evolve, then your business is going to be in a great place to also continue to grow. I love that. And and technology can help you there. But you know, the funny thing that popped into my mind is that you know, we don't we don't think about where the buyer is too. Because yes, once you have a customer, you want to satisfy the customer, but what do you do as you're trying to get the customer, right? I mean, these are plenty of opportunities to get more customers by understanding what their needs and wants are. And if you're if you're only imagine the 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 pizza the pizza shop that doesn't allow you to order online, right? And doesn't allow you to have delivery done or connected with the food apps, then you're not you're not keeping up with the with the companies that are. And so I think that's the innovation that I'm thinking about is that you have to you have to meet your customer where they are at the time that they're that they're making that decision or even even before that when they're thinking about making that decision you have to be in the places that they are um and 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 I think that this is truly understanding that know your customer um piece of 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 the research that many businesses don't do right yeah and I'll take that into a into another direction, but but staying on point of what you're talking about. When we think about a typical customer journey, I think a lot of organizations try to map out what that customer journey is. I'm under the opinion that customer journeys are outdated and pointless today, but let's stick with this concept. You have a customer journey. Most organizations will focus on that customer journey as it relates to the closed-in walls siloed of their company, the moment they come in 
and the moment they leave. They don't necessarily care what you did before and what you're doing after. That's terrible. But if we think about something like a movie theater, which, you know, go back to my roots. When, when you go into a movie theater, the journey does not start the moment you walk into the movie theater. You probably made uh, dinner reservations, booked a babysitter potentially, went to the grocery store like I do and buy a bunch of candy and sneak it in. You buy your ticket, you pick your seat online, you're doing all of these activities. Then you go to the theater, you sit down, buy, buy some concessions, get a hot dog to go with your candy, and then you watch the movie and then you leave and then you're sharing on social media, you saw the movie, your opinions about the movie. But it's amazing that movie theaters don't necessarily care about all those things you did before and all those things you did after. They're just happy that you had a good experience while you're in their doors. Mm. Okay. Missed opportunities. Yeah. A lot, a lot of businesses think in this way. Mm. What is, if you own, I often use the concept of, let's say you have an animal pillow company and you sell animal pillows to children who are inside of, you know, in a brick and brick and mortar business. What are they doing before they walk into your door? That's going to help you better understand who your customers are, what their needs are. We've got children who can't sleep at night. We've got, you know, these are the problems. They just woke up from a nightmare the night before and they're getting into the car, driving. They stop for gas because the car is out of gas. They continued on to do a couple of errands. Then they're at your store to buy some animal pillows to keep them comfortable at night. All of that information can help you paint a picture of who that customer is and what mm. their potential needs and problems are. And if you can expand the, the breadth of your customer journey to before and after, you're going to have a much better insight as to who they are and how to then go out and find new customers to, uh, you know, to buy your, buy your animal pillows. <laughs> Love it. Chris, this has been very informative. And I think that you've opened the eyes of not just saying, well, you know, your customers are always right and, and you know, this has got to be and, and AI can or can't do it. But I mean, you've really put a flair on it to, to say that there's so much more to gaining and keeping a customer than just the price and when they walk in the door. And I think that this is incredibly valuable and I would love it. I know we're going to, we're running out of time now, but I would love it. Where can listeners find out more about you and, and the customer transformation that they need to make? Yeah. The best place to get in touch with me is on my website, chrishood.com, C-H-R-I-S-H-O-O-D.com. And on there you can find my book. And if you would like, you could buy my book with a, Great signature. I'll sign it for you and ship it off to you. Uh, I have two books, actually. I just released recently, uh, Customer Transformation for Nonprofits. Mm. So you can get the Customer Transformation 7-Stage Strategy or uh, Customer Transformation for Nonprofits. Also on my website, my blog, my podcast, my live show, uh, all of my social media profiles, anything you want to know about me, you can find there and reach out. Happy to talk. Love it. Love it. Well, I know I was there and there's a wealth of information on there. And and those books are super valuable because, again, the uh, the object of becoming a, uh, having a business is to acquire a customer and make a profit. So what better way to acquire a customer is to really understand who they are and how to make how to bring them in better. 
So I know that that's super valuable. Thanks, Chris. All right, listeners, I hope you've gotten a few ideas to put into your business that will help your business be more profitable. I know I have, and and just that that thinking deeper on knowing your customer and what they want and how you can benefit them better is, is really going to keep you in the game and and moving forward uh, so you can you can be more profitable. All right, as I mentioned, uh, you want to supercharge your business? Go download my new Profit Booster playbook packed with five profit-boosting strategies and actionable steps that can help you make 2024 your most profitable year ever. Go grab it at boostingprofit.com. Well, Chris and I would love to hear your questions. Tell us your story about your transformation that you had, your customer problem, maybe something that you did or you're going to do, right? Based on what you learned today on the podcast, tell us in the chat and Chris and I will respond back. And while you're at it, please subscribe. You don't want to miss future podcasts. And as always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Chris. 